women don't need their own financial advice. Do we need help overcoming all of these issues that are really at the core of, of these problems that we face? Yes. It's not necessarily telling you, oh, you're a woman, so you need to manage your money in this special way. It's what are the challenges that you are up against? And is that really a you thing? Is that really a financial thing? Or is it something bigger? Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And, and we're, we're Rad, Rad coaches. coaches. And we help purpose-driven people eliminate financial stress and maximize their income so they can focus on the more important things in life, like spending more time with their friends and family, giving generously, and living a life full of purpose. Because the world needs more good, wealthy people. Welcome to today's episode of the Rad Money Podcast. I'm so excited to dive into this topic today. It's a little bit spicy, but we're going to approach it very much with a sense of curiosity and really to help people, specifically women, understand what challenges they face with their finances and how that impacts the financial advice that they need one way or the other. It's a great question. I don't know how involved I'm going to be. Maybe I'll just ask a bunch of questions today because <laughs> I'm trying not to get canceled as the guy in this conversation. Fair enough. But like I said, it's really just a sense of, of curiosity. This podcast is in no way supposed to be anti anybody, but right. it's really about having an honest conversation about something that I came across very early in our coaching experience, yep. which was the concept that women need their own financial advice. And that was very interesting to me. I latched on to that early in my in my coaching career. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's so interesting. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of challenges that women face, so it kind of made sense to me at face value. And so I grabbed onto that thought and I kind of, you know, even started to champion it a little bit myself. But even while I was doing that, um, I was doing so with a curious sense of, well, why? What is it that women, what is this financial advice that's so particular to women? And to be honest, it gave me a bit of anxiety because I was like, what am I up against? What am I up against? What, what, you know, what are the threats to me yeah. as a woman? Because yeah, we do grow up with a sense of there's a lot coming after us. And so this concept that women needed their own financial advice gave me some anxiety. I wanted to dig into it. And I was like, yes, if there is something unique here, I want to be right on the front of it. But the more and more I dug, the less I really found being unique to the financial advice that like I would give somebody as a coach mm -hmm. um, or that a planner or that an advisor would give to help a woman manage their money. And so the more I dig into it, the more I've actually come to the conclusion that women don't need their own financial advice. But I really want to talk about why that is and how I've landed here and what we actually need instead. Because it's not necessarily telling you, oh, you're a woman, so you need to manage your money in this special way. It's what are the challenges that you are up against? And is that really a you thing? Is that really a financial thing? Or is it something bigger? Yeah, I think that's a great framework for today's conversation. And it definitely gives us the opportunity to set the stage of like why people talk about women needing their own specific financial advice. Like what is the the reasoning behind this messaging, right? That's Yeah, exactly. And it's through my own lens. It's an open dialogue as well. Mm -hmm. So I would love to, I, I want to invite listeners to say, hey, but, you know, please tell me how I'm wrong. Um, because again, this is coming from a place of service and I want to solve any problems that are there. 
But this is what I've come to so far in my journey and digging into it as a actual financial professional who coaches a lot of women. And yeah, we have a lot of things that we need help navigating. But again, I'm not going to necessarily tell you as a woman to actually manage your money in any different way than I would tell a man to. If you're in debt, I'm going to tell you Pay how to get out debt. of debt. Yeah. If you're struggling to budget, I'm going to tell you how to budget. If you're struggling with shopping, man or woman, I'm going to help you like reel that in and make it more in line with what you want to do, how you want to see your life. So, Right. It's, it's actually sexist of you as a listener to think that women have a shopping problem more than men. Yeah, I can't believe that you thought that. Yeah, that's awful. I can't believe you thought that at all. <laughs> wow. What yeah. thinking now? Yeah, so I, I don't know. If this does make you feel some type of way, then explore that. Feel free to talk to us about it because this is like, it's open, it's a discovery. Um, and I think it's just really timely because it is still Women's History Month. So we just feel like this is a really good, timely episode for you to start to think to yourself, you know, as we're all very much in this headspace of looking at women's stories and what women still mm -hmm. need and the battles that we're still up against. Um, you know, how does that impact personal finances? Exactly. So let's start talking about why people say women need their own specific financial advice. What are the claims? What's the reasoning behind this? Why is it so important that women get their own specific financial advice? Can you walk us through, uh, especially because you, you went down this path so far and you were even teaching a course uh, called Women's Building Wealth. You know a lot of the statistics and reasons behind why this is such a big issue. Yeah. And that's a really good point. Yeah. That was a great course. I loved teaching that course and I stand by everything I taught in it. Yeah. I mean, the facts and figures are true. It, it doesn't take that away. Exactly. But the thing of it was even that course, Women Building Wealth, um, which maybe I should bring that back. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but it was more about getting women involved in the conversation and to, for them to just understand why they needed to prioritize their personal finances. But again, the advice was usually the same. But when teaching that course, a lot of things really stood out. One thing that people really like to first bring up is the wage gap. Yes. Which, whatever your views on the wage gap are, um, you know, the claim that over the past like 20 years, women earn about 80% of what men do. For the same job. Yes. And so... That's really interesting to me when people try to put that in the lens of why we need personal finance advice that reflects that. Because my position as a financial coach uh -huh. and then also financial planners and advisors, how are you going to plan for that? How, what advice are you going to give for the wage gap? It doesn't... Save more? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's like... And that's, that's crazy, right? Because then you're saying save more while you're earning less, right? So... The, this one was the first one I, I was like really poking holes at because while if you believe that the wage gap really is an issue, then that's a societal issue. That's a career planning issue. That's a that's an issue in the workplace, but it's not an issue in how you would manage your money. Yeah. And so I just that was how kind of I extrapolated that out. OK. Um, and so the next claim that people really like to make has to do with the fact that women, while making less, they also experience a lot of burdens with the expenses of child rearing and caring for elderly. Okay. And so this one was interesting to me. Well, it's, it's valid. Yes, obviously, those things are more expensive. Your health care is more expensive. The child care is more expensive. All the things associated. Um, those are costs that need to be planned for. 
Yes. But then that was where I started to say, but in most scenarios, then that's family financial planning and saying, you know, okay, let's like, that's the kind of the, in the ideal situation, in the ideal scenario where you're placing a financial planner, advisor, coach into this space, that's a family planning thing. Um, And how do we, how do we start to save for college? How do we make sure that the insurance covers the birthing of this child? How do we, like, all those sorts of things. It's family planning. Yeah. And then elderly. So that's a huge thing that I'd love to do our own episode about when it comes to, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, doing this episode of generational wealth and, you know, how millennials are staring down this barrel of so many boomers retiring and what that's going to mean for us as millennials. (laughs) But so that, so that is a very valid thing. But again, that really does come back to a lot of family planning uh-huh. and, and the, still the advice would be the same as like, well, you still need to follow these steps then. You still need to budget. You still need to save. You still need to invest. You still need to make sure that like you're as an individual financially sound. Mm-hmm. But that's regardless of if you're a man or a woman. Yeah. It, it, those are just expenses and you're going to have to cover them regardless of who you are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But and I it's think... unfair to say that it's just a woman's issue is where I have a problem with it. Right. I think both men and women are, are looking at that, but it, it seems as though women just take the brunt of that responsibility. So that's where the claim really comes involved. Is that? Yes. And that's where my problem with that is, well, then isn't that a societal issue? Why are we assuming that, and why should we even be planning for the woman to continue to absorb that problem, to continue to be expected to leave the workforce, to be continued to be expected to plan for that. Yeah. That's a societal issue in my mind that, yes, we need to be aware of when it comes to the financial planning, but it's bigger. It's bigger than that. Right. It also seems a bit cherry-picked to say, like, okay, this single mother who also is taking care of her parents. Who makes like how- 80% of what a man makes. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, like, we're really filtering it down to a very small select group of people who – Honestly, are that is going to be a struggle, and that's going to be really difficult. They were dealt a really crap hand. Yeah, and they do need society to come around them and help them. The thing of it is, is when you do start to say, okay, so who is this person that we're describing right now in business? We like to talk about like our avatar or our clients, and like who we really help and serve, who we're best suited for. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to financial planning, advising, and coaching. That's not what we do. Those are social programs. I would love to help those women. In fact, I mean, I'm willing to say if you're listening to this and that's you, reach out to me and I will help you start finding ways that you can improve because that's how I want to serve. But really, like those aren't the people who have financial advisors investing their money in the stock market or tax planning and estate planning. Like they're just not. Right. And I think that's where a lot of this messaging is coming from is financial advisors and planners saying that women need their own specific financial advice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where it's coming from. Yeah. But I mean, if you you understand what a financial advisor or planner does, they help you invest money. Mm-hmm. And what's the likelihood that a woman, Someone, if- a single mother who's taking care of her parents is going to have a little extra money to put into a financial advisor's planning portfolio, let alone have enough to reach the minimum that the planner wants to have with them. Yeah, that's the thing is like it's not a little bit of extra money that you're investing on a small scale. 
that these people usually have these minimums that you need him to have a certain level of wealth to work with them anyway. Right. And don't get upset with me saying that they won't waste their time with this person because that's they won't. They won't. It's, it's just, just I'm just telling you what it is. It is what it is. But they're the th- these are the things that people when you're like looking at stuff on social media saying that you need this advice, they don't tell you this reality. And and so I think that that's just really interesting. And that's what we're trying to kind of help people understand. Right. Are there any other specific other specific issues that stand out? So the only two that really hold any water in my mind. Um, the first one is that we live longer than men. Women uh, yeah. have about we live about five years longer than our male counterparts. And so that is like a valid thing for life expectancy. The thing that I find that's very interesting is like when I, the way that I coach and the way that I talk to people about this mm-hmm. is I, I even still take it on an individual level. And if I'm coaching a couple that's married, then I'm going to talk to the guy and I'm going to say, you know, like, what's the average life expectancy in your family, like in your family tree? And I'm going to talk to the woman about the same thing. Uh-huh. And yeah, there still might be like an average five years difference. But that's the only thing that like just needs to be considered so that she doesn't run out of money once he's gone. Right. But again, f- the financial advice, I don't think changes too much. Like your goal is to become financially independent, hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast. And so if you get to that point. Well, and quite honestly, in the last five years, too, it's like, you know, well, I mean, unless you're self-insured and completely financial independent, hopefully there's some sort of like insurance policy or something like that that can get you through that next five years. But we, so we can plan for that. There is something there. OK. Um, But it still doesn't super change the advice. Like we would just go based off of what your life expectancy is as an individual. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other one is insurance. So, and healthcare bills. Again, like okay. kind of going all through life. Someone the other day was like, well, medical expenses for a woman who gives birth versus a woman who doesn't is like X much more. And I was like, well, one person is receiving medical services and the other is not. So right. like, how are yeah. you like, talk about cherry picking though. Oh yeah. It's like, oh yeah. People who break their leg have more medical bills than people who don't. Oh. It's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Well, gee, I never thought of it that yeah. way. Like, come on. Right. You know, you're being pandered to. It's- well, and there's a second half to that equation. You know, it's like, you don't have a kid if you're, if there isn't another person involved. Right. Like. Yes. And so and that's a really interesting point, that, like the way that you're saying, how do we plan for that? Yeah. Unless you oh, are you're asking me. Unle- no. no. How do we plan <laughs> for that as as planners, advisors, coaches? We kind of can't because the whole that whole scenario is, well, that's probably an unplanned child. Right. So how you can't financially plan for a oopsie daisy. Yeah. You know, so that's just silly bridges. But that's what the emergency fund is for. Oops, oopsie daisies. (laughs) It is for an oopsie daisy, (laughs) which is silly britches. But so, oh my gosh, I know this is going to get a couple text messages once it launches. (laughs) I'm trying to bring the comic relief to this tense topic. So, so I think that that's what's really fascinating when we talk about the healthcare in terms of motherhood in particular. That's a family planning thing. Let's really talk about who these people are. If you're able to financially plan for it, then that means that there's probably a family unit involved. Mm-hmm. There's a married couple, more than likely, that you're planning to have a child, married couple, who is probably managing their money together on some level. So that's where I think that that one doesn't, that all of a sudden, you know, that, that one doesn't work out. The where it really does though, is the insurance bills. So insurance for women is like twice as much as it is for men. Yeah. And that's where I'm saying like, yeah, there's a ton of sexism still in our systems, in our financial systems, in our healthcare systems. And 
all of these things. And like, that's total garbage. But again, the financial advice just isn't necessarily going to change based off of that, because that's going to be, for most people, pre-tax dollars. Most people are dealing with your post-tax until they reach a certain level of wealth, because that's what I'm going to actually be able to help you manage when it comes to your budget, cash flow, all that sort of stuff. So, so that's a healthcare thing that needs to change. We need to look for reform there, but it's not anything that the financial I can advisors help. aren't going to fix financial, that problem. The financial advice isn't going to change. So those are the claims. Yeah. And I've come to this conclusion that women don't need their own financial advice. Do we need help overcoming all of these issues that are really at the core of of these problems that we face? Yes. But mm-hmm. it, it's not, we're not going to solve it over here. I'm helping you solve a different problem. We need people to really say, what is the actual problem on a societal level? Yeah. And how do we start to change that? How do we get change there? Yeah. So you've mentioned that all these things aren't really financial issues. The financial advice isn't going to change for somebody who's facing these issues. These are um, healthcare issues. These are societal issues. So like, really, what what's the core of the problem here? Yeah, it takes a couple different forms is really where I've come to with it that do these things have financial implications? Duh. Yeah, and most things do. Yeah, exactly. So it has they all have financial implications, but the thing is that I'm just not the person who's going to solve that for you. There's no way to add that into forecasting and whatnot. If you were working with a woman and they, they know that their healthcare is going to cost more and that they're going to live longer than men, that doesn't play into the calculations that you talk to. No, like I said, otherwise, other than like it being on a kind of an individual basis and what's your family tree, what's your health like, that sort of stuff, right? Like, the, I mean, it, it kind of, it gets woven into that, but I still can't necessarily do anything about it. If it kicks back, you and I, other than our genders, are healthy, you know, same level of health, uh-huh. right? But I get a higher premium because I'm just a female. Well... That's something that's built into the system. Mm-hmm. I, as a financial coach, can't do anything about that. I can't other than say, well, that's how much it costs, so we need to plan for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so it's a societal issue. It's a deeper thing. It's it's with the healthcare system. Why are we not looking for reform with the healthcare system and creating more of an even playing field there? Everybody knows that that needs a ton of reform. Right. With how insurance works, billing, all of that. Okay, so uh, what about the pay gap if you're planning with a, or working with a, a woman? Yeah, so you know, I was talking to somebody just the other day, and I'm like, well, that's honestly that's career planning, mm-hmm. right? Like, if anything, we now we're not necessarily talking about budgeting, expenses, all that sort of stuff, investment. We're talking about career planning, and other than the fact that that's sexism with the people who you're looking to work with. Like, my only advice is don't work for a misogynist. That's the only <laughs> advice I can give is like, do they work... put that on Glassdoor? Yeah, right. You know, work for people who value you mm-hmm. for the work that you do. That's the only thing we can do. Is the only thing we can do is like really just continue on those fronts to have women treated equally. And it's, it's systemic, it's in healthcare, it's in like the boardroom, it's all those sorts of things. But, when it comes really down to just the financial advice, it's numbers. Okay. Oh, well, then, and then we talked about, like, family planning. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's you're talking about just different things. You're talking about career planning, family planning, 
um, and then issues with the healthcare system and all that sort of stuff. Because when we look at it as an individual thing that you need to plan for yourself, I'm going to say it, that's sexist. You're telling me as an individual woman that I have to plan for and carry the burden of this extra baloney that the system has handed me. You're telling me that I have to figure it out and the pressure is still on me. Yeah, but is it, I mean, it kind of seems like if you don't plan for those things and they exist. But that's what I'm saying. You can't plan for them. Okay. It's just like it's, you don't know until it happens. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but but it's important to be aware of these things. Like you can't ignore. But it doesn't impact the advice I'm going to give. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. I'm just trying to figure it out with you here. I'm coming at it from a lot of angles, kind of like I'm trying to actually all of a sudden Please decide do. to be, be your enemy. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, okay, so you're you're not telling people to ignore it and say, oh, there's no issue here. And you're not trying to tell people that these problems don't exist and that we shouldn't advocate for change, the wrongs that are going on. Keep fighting for actual equality. But what I'm saying is that it's actually... The opposite of equality, when you tell a woman that she has to figure this out for herself. She okay. has, she's personally responsible for closing these gaps. Now, you're giving her a lot of anxiety for things that she actually can't control for or plan for. Yeah, okay, so I, I'm getting it. It's like you have the things that you can control, mm-hmm. and then you have a bigger bubble, which is like the rest of the world, that you, there's not, you can't control any of this, uh-huh. but you can de- control the decisions and the choices you make with your personal finances. Yeah. And that's like, that's really the most important part. And that's what you're saying is like, that's where the advice lives is in the circle of what you can control. Mm -hmm. Because I cannot make an impact on healthcare reform. I can't make an impact on the fact that you, there might be a bunch of business owners out there that are misogynist. You can't control any of that sort of stuff. And you can't plan for it. You can't. You just can't plan for it. Right. And so you have to just focus on the things that you can control And so that's. And so it gives women so much anxiety that we have to like individually plan for all of these things. And it puts us in this position where like, oh, my gosh, I'm making 82 percent of what a man makes. But I have all of these extra challenges that I have to face. And like that's just such a huge burden and like rock to put on her back. Right. And I think that that's where I'm like, actually saying that we have to solve for this ourselves is sexist. I think society needs to rally around women and these problems and say, let's fix it. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I also think that the an, an issue here, too, is that it, the focus is so much on the individual. I think especially in America, it just seems like America is just this epicenter of individuality. It's all about you as the individual versus the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it and it, it it's going to hit when we talk about generational wealth and taking care of your parents. And it also talks about the family unit. It's like you're forgetting about all these other aspects that enrich life and that are really involved. And it's like it's you versus the world when it it doesn't have to be. Well, and that's also where we're seeing the the, it's, uh, the heightened levels of anxiety and depression and all this kind of stuff is because when you are trying to do this all completely on your own, you're hyper independent, which I mean, I am a very independent person, but that creates just really insurmountable odds. And that's where you just have so much anxiety and depression. And so we have to like break that apart and say like, hey, woman who's facing all of these challenges, you're not alone because there's a lot of us and we're actually 
very powerful in the workforce now. We're growing in numbers. We're right. earning more than we ever have. So why aren't we solving these problems at the root of the cause and not just saying it's an individual person's problem? That's where the problem really is, is that we're saying that it is something that you as an individual should just have to figure out. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're not actually going at the root of it. I mean, some people are. I'm not saying they're not. But when we say that it's a, about the financial advice, that's kind of what we're saying. Yeah. But what do you think about this? I mean, so we're talking about why women don't need their specific financial advice, but at the same time, the message about like women need their own specific financial advice gets women excited about personal finances. And a lot of women don't know enough about personal finances yet. They've been excluded from the conversation. It's been like a men's conversation for the longest time. So, you know, by saying that women need their own financial advice, more women are showing interest in in that. Is There's kind of an advantage to I mean, I, I guess that's maybe not the advantage, but at least a positive from this messaging. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to the course that I was saying that I was teaching about women building wealth. I think it's all in how you frame it. When you say that women need their own financial advice, I think, which is like legit, that's the language that I see all of the time, verbatim. That to me is divisive. That to me is creating more divide. And saying that there's something that you're missing out on if you're not getting this very specific advice, or at least that's how I received it. Like I said, it gave me a lot of anxiety that there was something that I was missing. There was something that was going to come at me that I didn't expect, that I didn't know about, and I needed to figure that out. And right, and so, and I've had a lot of clients who have repeated that sort of energy back to me. Right. And so when we use that sort of language, that's pretty divisive. Yeah, it's like. Women versus men yeah. here. If women need their own financial advice, it means because they're they're up against something. And the opposite of that is men. Yes. And I don't personally think that that's fruitful for anyone. I think that that's very harmful. Right. Um, I definitely agree. I think like the more that we split people into segments, the worse things get. And it's like when you realize like we have a lot more in common. Yeah. That's like, and we can find the common ground is where the more solutions are going to be made and more. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll solve more problems when we come together than when we say, you know what? These are women's issues and women have to solve them on their own. Yeah. I need men to actually help me solve these problems. We need to all be solving these problems. This is not just women figuring this out. Yeah. This is This is smart men like yourself coming to the table and saying, yeah, this is screwed up. So what do we do about it? Mm -hmm. I need to invite you to that conversation. And we need to say, yeah, let's get to the root of this. But when we're divisive, that is just like it's us versus them. And it's it, and it's like it's just really confusing, especially where you're creating problems that don't actually exist. You know, like by saying like, oh, there's actually advice that I need as a woman that a man doesn't need. That's like it's just a false sense of something that doesn't truly exist. However, the course that like I used to teach and the things that I still put out there are very much inviting women to the conversation. Say, hey, women, you can talk about money. We should talk about money. You need to build wealth, whether it's independently or with your spouse or whatever. You need to prioritize personal finance. You can be good with money. You can do this. Well, and I'll tell you something. Let's talk about some positives about women and personal finances. You know, if you look at two portfolios, a single man and a single woman, who's who's the better investor? On average, it's the woman. Yep. 
And that has to do a lot with the fact that men are more risk tolerant, but they're so that also means that men are putting money in places where they're more likely to lose it, where the woman's probably going to put it in an easy to understand, no thrills, but it's going to be consistently growing investment. Yeah. So over time, our portfolios look better. Yep. Um, And so it's really like it's it. I think it's really closer related to the way that women are encouraged to go into STEM fields of work. Yeah, or um, not. Or not. So I think that that's really the closest that we can come to it is saying, why aren't young girls taught about managing money equally? Why aren't you know we taught how to negotiate? That's one of the biggest ones is that because we're not taught how to negotiate, well, maybe that's a big reason why there's such a big pay gap. Right. Yeah. And so it's these other like underlying messages that we receive as women that we need to know how to rewrite those stories and how to encourage, especially the next generations to not have the same problems that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here's the thing, too. Women are a huge part of the workforce. They they're some of the biggest earners now. Like Collectively, there's more there's more and more women entering the workforce than men. Men are dropping out of the workforce. I don't know if it's there yet, but women are going to outsurpass men as the the main body of the workforce. College enrollment has been there for a yeah. while now. And uh, and the, and with college that means more people are hitting the work more women are hitting the workforce. Yeah, no, that. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that's the precursor, uh-huh. right? The precursor is they're getting educated at a higher pace and a, and to a higher level than men. Yeah. We are. I'll say we cuz I'm one of them. So that's the precursor to the workforce, right? So we saw that in colleges a couple years ago. So that was the way it was headed. And we're, so we're seeing that now. Um, right. Full blown hit the workforce. And men are, not only are they not getting educated to the same level, but they are actually actively leaving the workforce. Yeah. Which is a trend that we're seeing more and more uh, statistics come out on. So it's a, it's just, it's very obvious that with that increased level of income that comes along with that, that, women need to know how to manage it. And, well, and I think this is where it all kind of comes from. This yeah. is specific financial advice for women. A lot of people saw there's a whole bunch of wealth being created by women and I want some of it. Yeah. And so tell them that they need their own specific financial Pink advice. Pink it and shrink it. Yeah. Just you know? like everything else. Just And charge them a little extra too. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I don't have any numbers behind that, but They've seen the trends just the same as you and I have. And they said, well, let's try to carve out something. But the problem is that on the consumer side of it, what I'm seeing is that it's creating a lot of anxieties where they don't exist. And it's not the messaging, I think, is more divisive than it is solution oriented and just saying, hey, women, like you're awesome. So like manage your money and think about this, too, you know, whatever. And it's not necessarily coming from, I think, a very positive message. So we just need to be careful about that. But You're absolutely right. Women are, you know, we've only been able to have our own credit cards since 1974, which is just crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So we haven't been managing and being spoken to about how to manage money for very long. Like our mothers, our grandmothers, they weren't having this. The generation just before us. Well, it was so simple back then, too. Like, imagine like. It's just more complicated than ever. You know, it's like you're you were married and your your husband would have worked a job that had a pension. And that was it. Like, yeah, he wasn't really doing all that and much either. You didn't have you didn't have twenty Netflix type subscriptions on your credit card. Like, legitimately, like you probably had six bills and six checks you wrote every month, and that was life. Oh my gosh, Dylan, that's such a yeah. You know, I, yeah, 
I mean, that uh, that's like, that's way more than what this was about, but like, it just used to be way less complicated. But it's a relevant point. Yeah. It is. And so, and now it's just like super complicated. Plus, we have women who are making all this money and it's, and it's taking all these societal issues, these healthcare issues, and you aren't going to make a decision because it's logical. You're going to make a decision because you're, you feel a certain way about it. So it gets women. And ex- you're scared. And you're scared. So you, you're scared. You're, you're pissed off. You're angry about these problems. And you're like, yeah, I need my own financial advice. But the truth is. The advice is the same. That's yeah, what we're saying. Yeah. The advice is the same. Oh, if a woman regardless. had hot. A, a woman and man both have credit card debt. I'm going to tell them, pay it off. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's just what I've come to. There's nothing behind the curtain that you don't know, women. It's just that other than the fact that maybe you don't have the financial education that you need and you need to get interested in your money. You need to learn about personal finance. But that's not unique to women. I've met a lot of men who don't know a lot about money either. They really have a lot of unearned confidence. And I know you know about that. So, (laughs) so like, you're not surprised. But Oh, my gosh. um, But... But seriously, though, I mean, that's it's just true. And so women, it's just, you know, get get excited. Talk to each other about money. Men, talk to the women in your life about money. Your mothers, your aunts, your sisters, your wives, your girlfriends. Talk to them about it. Let's open these conversations, right? That's what this platform is all about. Let's take these taboos away from it. Let's have honest conversations about money. And let's just go from there, you know? But... And then the other side of it, too, is just like when it does come to financial planners, advisors, and coaches, you need to acknowledge the fact that that woman is a powerful woman who probably does know more than you think. So stop talking down to her. Treat her with some respect. Don't don't talk directly to her husband. I will tell you so many times we walk into a room, Dylan and I, and they talk directly to Dylan about the business. And if you've been following us for any sort of time, you know that. I'm more the business-minded person. Like, I, and outside of this podcast, I mean, well, this podcast I haven't talked as much, but like outside of the podcast in general, I'm usually the quiet one in the relationship for sure. So I'd, I'd rather have Rebecca talk about the business too. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's so funny. Like these sexism is real. It is out there, uh, but it doesn't impact how I'm going to tell you to manage a dollar. And that's it. Yeah. I would meet you on an individual level. And meet you where you are specifically at. Help you overcome your unique challenges. You know, we could talk about how um, similar to the investment advice or the investment example of women being better investors than men. And there's the, there are these kind of trends that you can see of on average men like more risk. On average men view money as more about status. And on average, women, it's about safety and security. And Mm. we want, like, we don't want to worry about it, right? All those sorts of things. You you could start to look at those things. But even still, every person you sit down to and talk to, you should not have preconceived notions. You should not assume that because she's a woman, she doesn't like risk. Because I am quite risk tolerant. So if somebody assumed that about me, they would be completely wrong. And I would be offended. So every time you sit down and talk to somebody... You need to meet that person where they are at and not assume their level of financial literacy, not assume the way that they manage their money, treat them like an individual, get to know them. Yeah. And you know, if it, especially if you're in a relationship, you're cutting your, your knowledge in half. If you just decide that, you know, only one person doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman, but like, you know, if it's typically the man makes all the decisions, like you're, you're, 
you're cutting uh, like off a leg and you're trying to like run a race one legged because yeah. you have you have twice as much strength working together than you do if you're doing it individually. You know, you're also going to have 100% more buy-in and no one's going to be feeling like they're taken along for a ride. You know, that's like, that's another thing that's just totally different. And this is more relationship-wise than it is. But it's relevant yeah. because I think that also speaks, so I was speaking kind of more from, you know, to the advisor, planner, coach. But the other person who we need to talk about is the spouse. Yeah. And if you're in the room and you guys are sitting down with somebody who's trying to help you with your finances and you're a man and you're noticing that that person, that professional is only talking to you as the man, it's kind of your job to help advocate for your spouse, your wife in this scenario mm -hmm. and say, hey, honey, what are your thoughts? Bring her into that conversation. Make sure that like that person knows that she is an equal part of this. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about the way that we view, uh, you know, financial equality and stuff like that, that's episode six, I think. And you should go listen to that as we talk more about how this sort of stuff relates to marriage and managing money as a couple. Mm -hmm. It's just it is very dynamic. There's so a lot of levels to it. But that's really it for my thoughts on why I think we don't need our own financial advice as women. I think we have a lot of challenges that we're still up against, but when it comes down to staying in my lane as a coach and in the personal finance space, the advice is the same. So that's my conclusion. Yeah. I think what I'm taking away from this conversation today is that the advice doesn't change. Women don't need their own specific advice. Women need to get excited about learning about personal finances so they can build more wealth and do more good with the money that they're making uh, and not, not be set up for failure in the future because if you make a bunch of money and you don't know how to manage it, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, at some point you're going to get in trouble. And I so, do love so much that you just said that though about um, doing good in the world because that is one statistic that I think gets buried a lot is that women are far more generous with their wealth well, I than mean, men are. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And so when we have money, we do a lot of good. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. So yeah. Totally. I love that you, yeah, I think that's a great note to kind of end on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just want to thank everybody who's been listening for the past few episodes since we relaunched it. It's been awesome. We've been getting so much feedback and we really appreciate you guys just like all the feedback. And if you're new to this, we're just excited that you've joined us. Your time is really valuable and to spend 30 to 45 minutes with us, it means a lot to us and we can't wait to just continue this journey with with you. Yeah, it's so much fun. And every time we read your reviews, it helps us so much, not only in inspiring us and knowing that you're appreciating what we're saying, but also helps us grow. Yeah. And don't forget to share this. If you are listening to this and you're like, you know what? I think somebody would really appreciate this episode. Go ahead and share that with them. That would really help us out. So there are a few other ways that you could help support this podcast, and that's by working with us. So the easiest and simplest way to work with us low cost option is to just take our budgeting and cash flow course where we walk you through step by step how to build a budget and use a cash flow so that you can maximize every dollar that you're making and start to reach your financial goals even faster. And the other way to support this podcast is to work with us. So we do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching for individuals. And then we also work with couples, which is where we'll probably be focusing a lot of energy in the next couple of months. But if you're interested in learning if financial coaching is right for you, hit the link in the show notes for a discovery call. Sit down and talk to us. We'd love to meet you. And either way, you, if you work with us or not, you'll walk away with a few tips that will help you improve your finances. Yeah. All right. 
Well, it's been a lot of fun. So until the next podcast episode, I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches.